0: Uh, have we ever talked about Hamilton? Um, not really. I'm crazy about Hamilton. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I- I've been uh, I've been watching these YouTube videos, like explaining a lot of like Easter eggs and how the music is written. And there's a lot. Anyway, it's it's it's, it's like so smart that ugh, it's not it's not fair. It feels like the world, like art is in this one level and then (laughs) Hamilton was like three levels higher that it's not even like, it doesn't compete. It's it's another level that I can't fathom. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone's so crazy about it, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't exposed to it in any sort of way (laughs) for the longest time. And now I kind of feel like I missed the boat, but it's too late. (laughs)
0: Let me tell you something. Well, if you want to watch like the original casting in Broadway, yes, it's too late. Uh if you want to like be able to enjoy it, it's not too late. So I started pretty late actually. Like very late when I think like Liam Miranda was already like not doing it uh not performing. It was on this uh this flight back from San Francisco back to Portugal and so because it was a long flight, I like I for some reason I downloaded or I had it offline, downloaded the whole album. Uh, On iTunes, on Apple Music, so I just listened to it on 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 my flight because I had nothing else to do, and so it was a weird mix of I have nothing else to do, let's hear it, and uh, I also because I don't have anything else to do, I'm really focused on the lyrics and like listening to it. So, like by the end of the album, it's like, oh my god, (laughs) like the whole world. (laughs) I landed a different man let's just say it's the same and then yeah from then on like it became it, now it's like a an annoying thing that I can't do at home like I can't sing Hamilton at home because my girlfriend like is so sick and tired of that already cuz I just keep non-repeat like uh, I mean on repeat just singing Hamilton anyway it's not too late and it's an amazing piece of art so if I would say you should give it a shot. Cool. I am yeah, not going to give it a shot. Also, you you will. I've been throwing a lot of Hamilton references in the podcast that no one gets it. <laughs> nope, um, missed all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi. Hey, follow up. Follow up. Uh, <laughs> follow up. <laughs> you tweeted. Actually, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but you tweeted something about uh, you tried the new iPad. I, um, I
1: have. So mm-hmm. I accidentally ended up in an Apple store. Uh,
0: Accidental.
1: <laughs> just, just by mistake like that. Um, and I got to see the uh, new 10.5-inch iPad Pro.
0: ooh, And
1: so everyone's been hyping up the, the refresh rate on it so much. I was like, this can't be that good. And let me tell you. Um,
0: by the way, <laughs> context for the listeners. Uh, if, they, if you don't know what we're talking about the new iPad Pros have uh, have doubled the refresh rate of the screen so yes. instead of 60 frames per second, that is the normal screen so basically in one second they throw 50, I can't explain what a frame is and so the new, they double that so it's uh, 120 frames per second Right. and apparently uh, it's, uh, Kevin is about to tell you how amazing that is <laughs> thanks Casey uh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, let me tell you holy sh** like, the frame rate is amazing. It is, like, it'll make you hate your iPhone. Like, I can <sighs> see the individual frames when there's oh, animations God. on my iPhone now. Like, I'm ruined forever until they give me this this uh, refresh rate on my phone. It's so unbelievably good. It's incredible. How do you do this? <laughs> like, it, I wouldn't say it's on the level of Retina because mm-hmm. Retina is, like, as soon as you see the screen you notice it mm. but as as long as you interact with with the screen it is by all means the equivalent of retina it is absolutely fantastic
0: would you say that it's fair to say that retina is like it's a huge difference in how it looks and this new uh, refresh rate is a huge difference in how it feels yeah, yeah. is it a feel thing or it's- is it a look thing
1: I think both of them have something in the column of feel, <laughs> like even even the retina. It's it's not just that things look better; is that it feels more real.
0: What are feelings, Kevin? I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: we should watch Inside <laughs> Out to the, the figure that out. But. Um, yeah, like this is incredible. Like it feels it feels a lot faster and and not in the sense that the animations are faster, but just that mm-hmm. there's less lag. Everything feels so smooth. Honestly, like I have to tell you, I almost buy, bought one on the spot. Like God it was it. that so, good. And the extra uh, screen real estate is also very nice. It's not a huge difference, so like if you use split screen, it'll be more or less the same. But just holding it in your hands, you're like, oh my God, there are almost no bezels on this thing. Like, this is incredible. Like, it, it feels like you're holding a, a webpage right in your hands. Like, it, like that subtle change in like in reduction in bezel, it, like, feels very different, in, in my opinion. And then, like, after that, I looked at the old ones, and I was like, ooh, like... <laughs> That feels old already. Um, So
0: that is pretty scary to me. Because if you almost bought one, I don't think, like, (laughs) I don't trust myself. Yeah. So I I I also have an episode with a new iPad. It's it's rather quick. I went to, we don't have Apple stores. um, I know. uh, But I went to this (laughs) store that has Apple things, has, like, Apple booths. And so I went there and... I didn't go to the store specifically to look at iPads, but since I was in the store, I was like, huh, let me see if they already have the new iPads. And I go to the little table thing, and I see the um, like the little label saying iPad 10.5 uh, uh, or whatever inches. And I'm like, huh, they have it. And then I look at the iPad, and I was like, this r- looks exactly like <laughs> the, the old iPad Pro, like the 9.7. like." no but had a little like label thing say ipad 10.5
1: had the new label (laughs) like on the on the atpr i'm like
0: no i try to scroll to see the refresh rate like this feels like very much the same i was kind of disappointed like well the screen size is not the difference (laughs) and then i take the one on the side that that one had a little label saying ipad 9.7 it was a non-pro version and then i hold them side by side i was like huh this is really like almost the exact same um, size and then I look more careful and they were exactly the same size and I'm like okay this is not this is not the new (laughs) like (laughs) nope so they had the old iPad Pro 9.7 with well uh, the label saying it was the new how
1: many people do you think bought this iPad Pro thinking that this was the new one
0: (laughs) I don't know I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) know
1: probably a lot
0: (laughs) Well, but maybe, maybe this was all like a huge setup for me not to buy one. Right. Like the, maybe the, the clerks at the store that you listen to layout and they're like, all right, no, let's, <laughs> is here. Um, let's, yeah. let's, uh, you know, save him. But from
1: I'm pretty sure you would have bought one. Cause the, and the reason I, I know Damn. that. <laughs> Is because even I was like, well, maybe like I could use this for like some wireframes or like I carry around a notebook. Like maybe I could carry around that instead. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what? What? What if I just use it for for emails? Like I I do a lot of emails. <laughs> like I could use you this. know how
0: <laughs> you know how we always come up with the best arguments ever for ourselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My new one is like, hey, I'm really invested in making this uh, new app that I can't really talk about now. Uh, I want, like, I'm going to need to, you know, uh, develop this on an iPad. Right. Um, So I need an iPad to test it. Right?
1: Um, So so I found myself making all these excuses. (laughs) And then uh, at least I caught myself at the end. I was like, okay, you're really not, just not going to use this thing. Like, (laughs) uh, that's my main problem. Like, this device Sounds and looks and is amazing. I just don't really have a use case for it in my life. I wish I did, but I really don't. Like (laughs) the the moments where I would use it, like my phone is just more convenient. So yeah, it is great though.
0: Okay, I I feel like that's all for follow up. Yeah. Before we get to the topics, uh, do you want to tell us about something that is kind of cool? Yeah. Or super cool, may I say?
1: Uh, Yeah, I can tell you about something that's super cool. I will tell you about Shopify. Uh, Shopify is where I work, where if you don't know what Shopify is by now, I don't know if you like, haven't been listening to the show or what, uh, but basically we're an e-commerce platform and working at Shopify is absolutely amazing. Last week we had our hack days, uh, which I don't want to brag, but uh, my team won. We can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that was absolutely awesome. And then this this week is our UX summit. That's our internal design conference. So people at Shopify work on their talks. They have access to mentors and experts to be able to craft their own talks, and they go and deliver it on stage um, at our summit. Uh, And then for the people who aren't speaking, they can just attend and have fun. There's tons of activities and workshops and stuff like that. This is just one of the things that we do for our design team. So if you'd like to work with like in an amazing culture like that and work on really challenging but really like interesting problems, you should by all means check Shopify out. So you can learn more details about kind of our design process and our UX team uh, on Twitter, Instagram and Medium. Uh, All you have to do is search for um, at Shopify UX uh, and you'll have all that information there. If you're looking for a change of careers, we're hiring uh, UX leads, designers, content strategists uh, and even researchers. Uh, We really welcome people from all sorts of backgrounds to apply. We have architects, we have uh, industrial designers. Uh, we have people that come from all sorts of background. If you care about UX, uh, you should absolutely apply. So check out shopify.com slash careers for more information. And our thanks to Shopify for sponsoring the show. Thank you.
0: All right, topics. Topics. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've been uh, postponing this. I've
1: been waiting to talk about this for so long.
0: So we're going to talk about Framer now. Why uh, specifically? A while now, like a while ago, they Framer released a version I think it was ninety one, in where or ninety two, and where they they introduced this whole new design mode. So now in Framer not only can you use Framer, like write code and use all the auto code features to prototype uh, interactions and animations. Now um, you have the whole like design tool built in and the way they present that to the users that have the, like this segmented control on the top, you basically have two modes, design and code, which is kind of curious that they, that's how they call it, design and code and not like design and prototype.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't pick up on that.
0: Yeah, because it's like they're not opposites, right?
1: Right. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you anyway. could code your UI if you wanted.
0: The okay, that's true. That is very fair, but you so, can't. You can't design your animations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but that, that's, uh, that's also point. fair. <laughs> so, and by the way, disclaimer: uh, this this is uh, old news by now, uh, but because WWDC uh, decided to slip in. And basically, like, obfuscated all type of other news uh, for us in our little bubble world. Um, This is, like, that's why we're just talking about it now. And also, second disclaimer, this just, this is like a statement to how fast the framer team is. Just between that announcement of this whole new design mode and now, like, they already released a new version (laughs) Um, introducing this new—I think they call it patterns or whatever. It's like this built-in animations library for like iOS and Android. So if you want to like prototype a uh, iOS app, um, all of the built-in animations like a uh, page swipe or like alert popping in or something like that—they have all those new patterns built in, so you can just like um, add them to your to your prototype. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that, but just to say that. They move this team moves at an incredible speed. It's amazing. It's kind of ridiculous and kind of scary to be honest. And just like the while shipping thing after thing, like I feel like they have a major new release every week and this is important uh doing all that while keeping the quality up there. yeah, there's no like release that is sloppy uh, anyway, but we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that particular release that where they introduced design. Mode.
1: Yeah, and I think it's worth uh, framing this, <laughs>
0: hey, hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> framing this uh, this release in terms of um, how they set up the announcement. So they were like very, um, I don't know, very ambitious with their announcements. But, like, were very,
0: very dramatic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, like we're going to change the way people design. Like, we're introducing this amazing thing that's going to, like, revolutionize the world. That's basically how they hype this thing up. And I think, I, like we mentioned, the, the episode where we talk about that announcement. Um, like, okay, I don't know if I can trust them, because last time that happened, um, not a lot changed. So I was unsure how to take this, this one announcement, but boy, did they deliver. Holy cow. I did not expect for them to build a full-fledged design tool right into Framer. This is impressive.
0: That's interesting. I feel like the last time there was this much hype about a new thing was uh, the Beatles coming to iTunes. I <laughs> <Probably>. remember that. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember that distinctly. Like I was in college and Apple was like, they had a countdown on their (laughs) apple.com. It's like, you will remember this day forever. And (laughs) Mm. Anyway, (laughs) um, back on track. So I did not like, unfortunately I did not experience that. So I can't really add to that because I've been uh, spoiled. So I knew that they were doing this, um, I didn't I didn't uh, try it so I never played with it so I was still very curious to see what uh, like how would it work and how would it look um, but uh, yeah I, at least I knew what they were what they were shipping so how should we frame this <laughs> okay <sorry.
1: laughs> it's worth uh, like kind of giving an overview of what you can do uh, with framer mm-hmm. so just like looking at at the The tools that you have, you can do artboards, you can draw rectangles, ovals, uh, text. Um, so, and it uses that similar kind of layer palette style that basically every design tool has. So it's, it's pretty flexible. And on the right, you have your kind of inspector panel It's very, I mean, I I don't know if it's fair to say, but like, I'm going to say it like inspired by sketch. Like, I yeah. think it's very clear that the for people sure. who use this use and love Sketch because it's it's sharing a lot of the same ideas. So for me, as a, a, like, Sketch user, it's it was super easy to get into. Everything, like, makes sense. It's basically the same way that Sketch would do it. Um, although slightly differently than... Um, if I can say, I think this looks even a bit nicer than sketch. <laughs> um, so they did a great job there. I feel the cool things. So they have a constraint system, which is mm-hmm. by far and away the best constraint systems I I've seen in a design tool.
0: Mm-hmm. No doubt.
1: So what it does is it automatically creates constraints for you. And it's smart basically in the way that Uh, Based on how you place certain elements or how you size them, it'll automatically get the, the, set up the constraints for you. And honestly, like 90% of the time it gets it right, which is like incredible. So it's super easy to get into constraints. You don't have to mess with it. It just, it really just works. And yeah, like the, the way that basically I would, like I could use this as a normal design tool really like I have basically all I need the, there's one major caveat, but like for most things like drawing shapes and putting text and images and fills and borders and shadows, all of that is there. The only thing it's missing, which no doubt like has to be coming is vector editing. So if you want to include vector graphics, you need to like export an SVG from sketch and then import that in. Um, mm-hmm. once you import it in, then I believe you can use it and, and like potentially even change the fill colors and stuff like that. But, but their alternative, I guess, is, uh, they have like this icon kind of palette they can pick from, but they're the Android icons and I don't know, I'm not super into them, um. So, yeah, I, I think, like, that's the one area where they kind of, I don't know, they, ha- they didn't have to cut corners, but they kind of decided that they would focus on on the rest for shipping. Uh, but I would assume that, like, every the vector editing is coming soon.
0: So you mentioned the constraints, like you said 99% of the times or 90% of the times. I guess it right. I'm usually, like, historically, I'm against technology trying to do like well not technology i'm against like professional tools trying to guess what i want to do stuff like you know generating code for you or like anything that is like the machines trying to guess what you want to do right
1: because most of the time it gets it wrong that's right? not good
0: yeah <laughs> so framer here they've accomplished something like like you said most of the times it's not it's not just most of the times like almost all the times yeah. they get it right so and when. When you when you achieve that, you can remove all of that complexity out. Like it's good and it's imperative that they still give you the options to change stuff manually, uh, so you don't rely one hundred percent on the the machine learning uh, type of uh, like on the software. But once, for example, the restraints or the constraints here in Framer, it got to a point where I was not thinking about it anymore. It's like I was trusting Framer yep. to do most of the stuff, right? Um, yeah. And that is a very special place to be, especially with a 1.0, right? And I feel like in order for you to get that trust from a user, you kind of have to get it right on a 1.0, because otherwise, like, you know, you're going to train, if you if you ship something that's not there yet, we're going to learn, you're gonna, it's going to get better. You already trained all of your users to don't trust the system, <laughs> don't trust the software. So this is a very special thing that they achieve here.
1: Yeah, and for me, that's one of the first times that constraints make sense to me, like that it's a thing that you need <laughs> in your design tool. Mm-hmm. Because f- for example, like we're using Framer for um, to do a prototype for user testing. And that was great because people could just pull it up on their phones and no matter what size phone they had, the thing would just resize. Like this is mm-hmm. perfect. Like this is the exact, like use case for a constraint system, so and we got that basically for free.
0: I would also extend that this uh, software being smart and trying to guess things not only for constraints but also for uh like grouping of layers so a lot of the times when you let's say you have a card on your UI if you draw a rectangle inside a card like framer itself the tool. Uh, guesses that that rectangle wants to be like in the same group as the card, right? It's going to group and organize layers for you, like depends depending on where you draw them and and where you start and where like if you move stuff around like it tries to guess that for you. Uh, And again pretty smart for a piece of software just in a 1.0 just trying to guess. Uh, It does a pretty great job like for example uh, if you go to the website uh, you see they're drawing like a rectangle and you can see the guides when you're moving the cursor. And then when it draws the the rectangle, the button, it groups inside that little card thing. Anyway, um, moving along, just one thing that you kind of touched, you touched the, um, the vector editing is not there yet. I would say that this was very carefully planned by the framer team for this 1.0 of this design tool. That I feel like they they have a very special relationship with Sketch and also with Figma. Like they were probably one of the first tools out there to support uh, Figma. Um, in this case, like the import from Figma, um, like very early on. At least, certainly the first prototyping tool to support Figma. So they and they're very sm- a small team. They're like they're like ten or something people. I don't know. But they have very good relationships with other tools other teams and i feel like they know that and they treasure that it's not something you can just like throw your you know your partners under the bus so when i was told that uh they were design, they were building this design tool inside of framer i was like oh crap i don't know how sketch (laughs) is gonna feel about that right designer Uh, drama (laughs) (laughs) uh sound effects (laughs) uh like not only Sketch, but Figma, because I feel like this this design tool inside of Framer is very much like Figma in ways that it's mostly web things going on and, you know, Framer itself renders uh, like on WebKit. So I feel like, th- actually, this is a perfect child between like Sketch and Figma, <laughs> I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I was very apprehensive to see how they're going to position themselves because if they just came out saying Framer now is your design tool and your prototyping tool, that would be a pretty bold move and I don't know if it would be a good move. So with that said, after downloading the update and trying it and playing with it, it became very apparent that they are not, at least for now, they are not ready to say that they are like the design tool that you'll ever need. Uh, with a couple like glaring emissions uh, like you mentioned um, vector editing you don't have that so if you want to draw some icons and stuff uh, that's going to be pretty rough if you want to do that <laughs> and also a very uh, obvious one they at least m- maybe I missed this but they don't seem to have any type of exporting tools like if right. you draw something oh, like An art.
1: <laughs> see I didn't what? even notice that <laughs>
0: Yeah, like the artwork is selected or like layers, <laughs> you can't export this. So if you want to use this design mode in Framer just as a design tool, meaning you're not gonna create a prototype or like switch to the code uh, mode and do something, this is kind of like this is a pretty uh, broken uh, design tool because you can't really export stuff like with PNGs or. I don't even know how you would do that. Well, I guess we can take screenshots, but
1: I but really. I mean most um, of the time you don't need to export a lot of things though, right? Like the only thing I would have to export is the SVG
0: assets. <laughs> I strongly disagree. Really? I export stuff all the time to show my colleagues and to post on GitHub and talk about it and
1: Right. right, right. But like what if you could just sending send them a link to view the actual live thing? Like that's the idea behind Framework, <sighs> right? You don't need the dead screenshot. Like, you have a live web page that you can send people to.
0: Okay, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) In order for me to try this this new update, I personally, it's hard for me in my professional context, like in my current situation, it's hard for me to spend a lot of time prototyping. And because of that, unfortunately, uh, I spend... Since I joined Netlify, um, I've been spending less and less time with Framer. And it was not a choice. It was just because we're a very small team and have to move very fast. And we do have very um, good front-enders. So once I'm done with the mock-up, I need to implement that ASAP. So anyway, Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons. But Framer is the tool that I have the most fun with, for sure. Like writing front-end code or spending time designing UI in Sketch... If you, you know counting all of that, spending a day in Framer is the most fun that I ever have, uh, like building something. <laughs> so when I wanted to try, give it a shot, like I had to design something or like build something that I would use. So not just like do something for fun. Actually, like, hey, let me do work with this new yep. update. So um, luckily, I had a brand new feature to, to, to design and to... Prototype, I guess, to test, uh, and so I used Framer for that, and I used this design mode code, and like it worked. I had fun. Uh, of course, there was like I was still like trying stuff out and learning about the tool, etc. The way the design mode and code mode are like very tied up and coupled, that transition between modes was not the, the smoothest thing ever for me. And so I actually had to, for some little things and, and for some icons as well, I had to go back to Sketch and basically like trying to mimic that. Uh, I didn't import anything from Sketch. Um, like I forced myself not to uh, because I wanted to use the design mode by itself. Um, but so like it worked, it was, you know, it, it, was, it worked great for that thing. But again, it's a very like a small interaction of a small feature part of a page um i don't think this mode would scale that graciously to like a full app for example and even just because of, just the way that framer handles files and all like i don't see having like my full app <laughs> here in this design mode uh, i i don't trust that it would handle it i mean i haven't tried it but th- that's just that's just a, a hunch i guess um <laughs> okay I have some work being lost because framer like quit and doesn't autosave so i wouldn't trust it ma- that much uh right now
1: oh framer doesn't autosave oh that's it yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah i agree with you okay that's a problem
0: <laughs> well i'm not i'm not sure actually <laughs> uh yeah
1: i get why you would not want the uh the code to autosave but the design part should absolutely <laughs> autosave
0: well, yeah, I'm not don't quote me on that. I actually don't know. Okay. But I just know that I've lost some work before on Framer. Right. And so like there's stuff that I feel like they have to But
1: to me, I feel like, like they've done 98% of the job. <laughs> like just I just want them to finish it cuz what they have is really good. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think they should hold back because of of Sketch and Figma. Like they should hmm. just do their thing and like if Sketch and Figma can't compete with them, well, so be it. Like, then they're not, like, they're not going to succeed. Like, that's that's just the sad reality of the world. Like, I hope that people at Sketch think that they have more to offer than, like, just, oh, people use Sketch because they, they need to export images. Like, that that would be really sad if that's the only reason why we all use Sketch. Like... I don't know. I feel like Framer would be better as a tool if it did have these icon tools and a bit like going to something you said that like you don't always have time for prototyping. I always also found that like before where you'd have to have to like import all the things and then name the layers properly and then like this weird back and forth between Sketch and Framer. But now, if like if you're designing in Framer already, it's not that much harder to like hook up one or two screen transitions, one or two animations, and all of a sudden, like you've got something pretty solid. And one thing that this is great compared to Invision is that you can just like update your design as you keep refining it and, and making it better. And if you've coded your thing properly, like that that prototype just updates. And mm. you're it, it like transformed to your new design for free, which is awesome. So I don't know. I, I like I really see the potential of this tool. I I still have to like give it give it like a, a ding for being uh, mostly web based tool because I can mm-hmm. feel it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I can see it in like the interactions. I can see, like it's not always super smooth and they can try to fake it as much as possible and i think like it was done by people who really appreciate the mac like you could you can tell that yeah
0: i mean they they, they started as sofa they, i mean they started by building mac apps right this team knows right the mac
1: so like you can really tell that but the quality is just not there and i think it like or, or not quality but like the I don't know. Like there's just limitations to like building, using web platforms that like, no matter how good you are at writing, uh, like the front end code that powers these things, like there's just like hard limits that you, that you Mm -hmm. run into. And I think they're, they're running into those. And for me, like kind of tying it back to the iPad thing, like I can feel that I can see it (laughs) and that drives me a little bit nuts. But. like because it's so good in all the other ways like i can almost forgive it even though i i would love it 100 better if it was all native code
0: i i agree 100 i just love their style i love this team yeah. i love their like the quality is always up there they always like look so slick yep. but like but accessible but like cool in young <laughs> but still it's i don't know yeah, it's, uh, I love I love how they look and and what they do, and all love the team. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just I really want them to to succeed. Uh, yeah,
1: I also r- really like uh, the like switching between design and code, and how that's very similar to um, Interface Builder in Xcode, where like you mm-hmm. have these two different modes, mm-hmm. and then instead of just like dumping the whole layer list into your your code thing you have to like manually name them to make them accessible. I really okay. like that because I never name my layers and I end up with like a giant mess. And like truth is you don't really need a name for everything. Um, you only need to expose the two or three things that you need. Um, so this does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's really great.
0: I'm glad you said that because, okay, here's, we, we said how great it is and, Again, disclaimer, I, I love this. Like, I'm completely in love. It's, it's It was already, and it still is one of my favorite tools that I have installed on my Mac. With all that said, um, there's a couple of things that I, I feel like they are problematic and they need fixing. And I have no doubt that they can fix this, and it's probably like a 1.0 thing. And so it is very powerful that you have your own, like, you have your mockups, your design, and your prototype and your code in one single app, and then... Because of that one of the things that I was most excited about was I was very excited that Framer finally now is completely aware of every little layer every little thing that I have on my mockup because when I exported from Sketch there they were all like basically PNGs and you can't really interact or change anything about them uh, edit in any way so that was like a there was like a constraint uh, that I felt like it was not here anymore because now it's all in Framer. You know, the tool is aware of everything that is going to happen. Um, and so it was it struck me as, ho- as odd a little bit when, like on your design mode, if you want to interact on the code mode, if you want to interact with any type of layer, you need to um, click like on the layer lists, like you need to create a target. It's a little blue dot on the side of the, the, the layer name. Um, so you need to create a target in order for that layer to be accessible by the, the code mode, by code, I guess. Yep. So that struck me a little bit as odd. I can see that that is like easier for maybe for like beginners to understand like, okay, I want to target this. Uh, so I click, um, I don't know. Because framework was always like walking the opposite direction of most tools. Like it started very pro and very complex and very powerful and then slowly walked the you know the road to being accessible so they try to make it simpler and simpler um this felt like it was the other way around like okay well i can add a target uh, because it's uh, like a, a conscious thing that i'm saying add a target or create target i can see that for like beginners but hey this is code let me just say you know even if i have to write design dot layer name dot whatever like let me just access it um so that was point number two. Uh, point number one that I was like, hmm, interesting. And then um, I created some layers. Some- don't
1: you think it's it's just like re- naming your variables? And I feel to me, it's like the distinction between design and development. Like for me, I, if I was building something, I would think, okay, what is the best variable name for this thing? And I would only hmm. expose the things that I need to use as variables. I wouldn't create variable for every single thing when I don't need it as a variable. Um, and so this kind of like implies that that, like okay you might want to think more about how you name this because this is how you're going to use it in your code and I can totally see how someone who's like I name all my layers everything is organized perfectly in my all my files how they would hate it because they already have the good naming for everything but I don't Uh like my layers are garbage (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so actually taking that time to just like name my variables actually feels really good and it feels like I'm doing the right thing so, yeah, I actually like that.
0: <laughs> See, that is very interesting because I am a layer name freak. So right. like I, I, I completely missed the create target button. So I built, or I mean, I guess I designed the whole mock-up, the whole UI. And then I went to code and I was like, all right, uh, you know, layer or I mean, group dot layer or something. I was trying to like create a new layer and just like referencing the, the thing on the, on the, the mock-up and didn't work. So that that's interesting. <laughs> it depends on how you think or how you structure your layers in your UI. Okay, well, num- point number two, thing that I, kind of like my roadblock number two. My text layers in design, they're not text layers in code. They're oh, like regular really? layers in code. Yeah. Uh, they. Framer has a, like a, a text layer. It's a new type of um, object that for example you can it has one attribute which is text like what is actually the content of the text um, and so I I basically laid out all of this text and this uh, this text layers on my design and then I was trying to I have like a slider right and I have a label and when I change the slider I want to update the, the label pretty straightforward so I was trying to access the text property of that my text layer uh, and I couldn't do that so because text layers in design. They're not text layers in code, which is weird. Like why? Yeah, it's that's already really there. Weird. Just, just do it. The, the only way for me to go around it is, okay, you know what? It's the only way that I can do this. And then I had to delete the text layers in the mockup in design and create those layers in code so that I could, I could change them and access them and then like layer them and position them with code. Guess what mm-hmm. happens when you switch to the design mode? those layers are not there. You can't see them right, right. <laughs> because they were referenced, they were created in the code mode. So this is what I'm trying to get to is like, even though there are two distinct modes and they live in the same app and they sh- both modes should be completely aware of one another, um, that, like, that could be the differentiating, like the, the different factor from like Sketch and Framer, right? Because they're two different apps, they can't have that connection that...
1: Right, but like... I think this very clearly, like, it it seems like it should be possible, right? Yes. (laughs) Like, I don't see that there's any, like, crazy technical thing that would make this impossible. It it seems like an obvious thing that they would tackle next. But, yeah, like, it is definitely, like, some weird, like, I I don't know if you want to call it 1.0 or or whatnot, but, like, 1.0 for this design tool Mm -hmm. that, like, little... Not oversights, but think like places where you, you had to kind of ignore for this first release. So yeah, definitely. Like it's for still sure. not like a fully mature uh, mature tool uh, yet, but it's. I think it's gonna it's gonna get better really fast.
0: All right. Uh, anything else on Framer?
1: No, I think that that's basically it. I think it's super promising. I can see myself in like a year. That made this is the only tool I need and I'm just like super impressed with the execution um of the the framerate team on that stuff it's the only tool that's ever made me kind of re- reconsider <laughs> using sketch I think it's absolutely fantastic I'm still not convinced about their auto grouping stuff uh it seems like in comparison to the um The auto layout constraints, or I guess they're not auto layout, but they're just constraints compared to the constraints that worked well, 99% of the time, the grouping I found works maybe 50% of the time. And for me, it's like (laughs) still unclear whether or not that's a good idea. I certainly like that they're trying it. So yeah, I think like if if anything, like if you're just using Framer for prototyping, this is way better. <laughs> and if you're you're just like playing with design tools, this is a really interesting and really solid design tool to be honest. So really fantastic stuff. Uh, really impressed.
0: For sure, absolutely. Also, I would point out that I feel like the the major. Um Hurdles or problems that Framer, the company and the space, the prototyping space, they they're trying to minimize and fix is one. You know, the obvious code is a pretty high barrier for for beginners, uh, for new people to to jump in, um, and they're try- they're tackling that with. Auto code and all the new visual type of thing which is great uh but it's also great that they, they're not shying away from code it's not like all oh, right you don't need to code no right. like it's there because it, they yeah. still believe that that is a very important and core part of th- of the tool and the second one which was something that i already uh, shared that is a problem for for myself which is uh, there's a like it takes time it takes investment to to, to incorporate prototyping in your design process like because it, it does take some time and with this they're minimizing that by a lot yeah right because you can design in prototype directly like in the same place and at the same time almost i'm gonna use this a lot more now especially for like one-off features that i already have like interaction in mind that i i feel like it's important um like this this thing that I just shared with you, I can't really share with anyone else, but this new feature, like it does involve some 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 uh, interaction. Uh, and so like I, the Framer was the perfect tool for it. Yeah, so.
1: it is really awesome for that. And now I'm just gonna uh, hope and dream that at some point in the future, Sketch and Framer merge and then <laughs> Sketch handles the design part and Framer handles the code part and they all live nicely within one app that would be amazing
0: <laughs> sketch doesn't have any in like vc funding right they didn't have investors
1: yeah yeah that's correct
0: okay i was trying to think if they because i know framer they have like designer fund as one of the investors so mm-hmm. if they shared investors i don't know <laughs> you know who also uh, is under the designer fund uh abstract oh and atlify oh cool anyway uh let's let's move on uh the, this was a long discussion on Framer. I was not expecting that. All right, next up on a list of topics, I feel like we have to talk about this, because last week was all about this.: Of course, <laughs> Twitter, um, context I don't know if my listeners are uh, familiar with Twitter. Is this a platform on the, <laughs> the web's the microblogging. <laughs> Twitter uh, rolled out a new design, and uh, was it a new design? I would say like it, it was an improvement to the, to the design. People win bananas, um, of course, because... As they do. You know, because people are on Twitter, talking about Twitter. So I feel like that's, <laughs> that's the, the most appropriate place to go, over, to go bananas over Twitter. And um, in my opinion, it was a very solid and welcome uh, improvement overall. Well, first... Kudos to the Twitter team because they rolled out the design not only for like on the web, but they rolled out the same design for uh, iOS and Android and I guess everywhere else. Is there any else? Crazy, right?
1: Who knew you could do that? (laughs) I thought you had to do 15 experiments (laughs) and A B tests before shipping (laughs) anything.
0: But it is a huge effort, right? That, you know, because it's cross teams and, and that Twitter is a pretty big company. I don't know how many people were involved in not only the design I've heard that the design team that actually worked on this particular project is a small ish team but even then just like the, the the engineering side of this like it touched at least three different platforms
1: yeah I mean so it takes a lot of developers to apply border radius 50% to
0: everything <laughs> That's not fair, dude. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, you, you're talking about... All right. So the the changes itself. First, yes. Uh, profile pictures, the avatars, they are now circled. They catch up with the rest of the world on that. I don't want to sound smug. Like, I love Twitter. Uh, and they have a lot of problems that we <laughs> talked about uh, almost every week. But anyway, this was a huge effort. I, I think was a very good um, thing. Uh, moving on. Um, now... On the iOS app, this is huge. I feel like this is the biggest, the best feature improvement ever. Uh, links now open on the Safari View Controller, not yeah. like they they don't open on their proprietary, uh, you know, web wrapper type of thing. It opens on the Safari View Controller. That's the best thing ever. Also, topography in general is more uh, iOS 11-y, being <laughs> <laughs> uh, bold headers and um, like higher contrast all around. They rolled out also a new icon set, I guess. And uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, the, the reply and re- retweets and like counts. They now live update. So if you're looking at a tweet, you can see the little numbers like, how many likes and retweets does this tweet have? And you can see that count like changing live, which is freaky. <laughs> but, you know, cool,
1: I guess. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for Twitter.
0: Yeah, and also there's um small improvements so for example the the when you open a full screen article or a picture like the background color like it picks up a color from the picture so if it's like a a picture of the beach and the sea the the little overlay tweet it tweet has a like a blue background for example um so that's cool uh dms in the app dms now look like uh like messages i guess what else you have a you have a side panel for the user thing so instead of being uh, um an, an icon and uh, a place on the tab bar on the bottom it's not something kind of like a hamburger icon but you can swipe from the side to see that i'm not a huge fan
1: i mean what i like about it is that the dark mode is more easily accessible
0: hmm. i i never really got into the dark mode and yeah also they have um they added like a high contrast mode which i really welcome and i
1: yeah that's awesome
0: in some ways i in some ways i prefer it to be honest <laughs> it looks really? it looks very much like yeah like the the github I'm you know the it. github new colors but the one single reason why i didn't leave it on was because all hyperlinks have underline to it and just become yeah. heavier in general. So, anyway, uh, we're gonna put links in the show notes, uh, not only for the official uh, blog post where they like introduced the, the redesign, but also this um, this tweet storm. Do they still call it that? This, this thread from um, from one of the designers involved in the project. Uh, his name is Sean, and um, we're gonna put a link in the in the show notes for that as well. So um you can take a look at that? Okay, with that said, Kevin, what do you feel um how do you feel about this? Do you like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down?
1: I would give the, this redesign a, a thumbs sideways. <laughs> um I think it brings in a lot of good stuff. So namely the um, like high contrast mode, the accessibility thing. Um I like this little swipey menu. <laughs> It gives easy access to uh, like moments and lists and profile without being its own tab. That's all great. I like some of the ideas behind bolder type, although I have like some serious questions on the execution. Like you should, you really shouldn't make the, your navbar titles that bold. <laughs> like, that's just too bold. Um but anyways the my main kind of i guess criticism uh, about this which is like a very subtle one so like obviously i think for the most part this is fine like this is great but i think it's a little bit too trendy for my taste i can see that <sighs> it feels like it's jumping on the bag- bandwagon of all the trends
0: <laughs> and like in 5 years it's going to it's going to look outdated
1: Yeah, like, like, yeah, like this feels a little bit like a dribble redesign of an app. I was like, oh, like I made new icons for this. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting to see Twitter move to like a outline icon style, like as iOS is is going back to a filled icon style. It's like, no, Twitter, (laughs) what did you just do?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that.
1: (laughs) But other than that, I like the simplified navigation I like the real time updating uh, accounts. that's great like Twitter should be instant um so that's a reflection of that I also noticed I don't know that might might have been old but um I should also probably mention it but in when you uh write a new tweet uh there's like this little like scrollable area with images uh and like that you see immediately in the composer window that's yeah. really nice
0: and some some squircles.
1: yeah yeah, that's really cool because you don't even have to like tap a button to find your photos. You just like keep scrolling and you can find your the picture you want to attach. That's really cool. Um so yeah, I think like I think it's fine. <laughs> Basically, Like some good, some stuff is like a little bit too trendy, but I think overall overall it's good. Uh
0: yeah, I share a lot of the same opinions. Um pff, shocker. Uh but <laughs> Like, I don't, f- I don't think any of the changes are for the worse. So, like every little thing, I, th- I feel like it's an improvement. Maybe right. not to the max extent that it could be, but uh, and I would maybe do some things differently. But you know, I feel like everything that they did is an improvement over the you know previous um, iteration. Now, we can go nitpicky on some stuff. Um, like you mentioned the uh, line icons and like, it feels like it goes against the trend of boulder, you know, type in, in headers. Um, I'm not, a, it feels weird that the bottom, like on the, the tab bar, the, the icons, they don't have any labels. It feels weird, but like the more I look at it, uh, the better it looks, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the icons in general. Um, and overall. Oh, I think like, they're
1: way better. I, I like these icons better, personally. Again,
0: I think they're better, but I'm not a fan, if that makes sense. Like, I, I started by saying, like, every little change was for the better. is an improvement. <laughs> I feel like these icons are better than the old ones, but I feel I still don't like them. <laughs> right. If that I mean,
1: if, uh, if anything, at least it got rid of the weird DM icon. <laughs> Do you remember that icon? It was like a chat bubble <laughs> mixed with an yeah, yeah. envelope.
0: To be honest, right now, I don't know if I'm ready to to make the statement, but I would say that right now, the official Twitter client is the better looking client on iOS. I feel like this looks better than TweetBot or Twitterific, or is there anything else? I don't know. Well, anyway, (laughs) from those two, like it, it passed that threshold and we famously, I mean, like we've talked about this a million times. We both uh, use Tweetbot, um, and there are a lot of reasons why I use Tweetbot. I still do, um, but like the looking better is not one of them anymore. Um, I still f- think that every tweet looks—it's too crowdy. Like it's, too, yeah, <laughs> it has a lot of stuff going on. Like all these icons, all the <laughs> icons for retweets and mentions and, and likes and the you know Usernames DMs or whatever
1: and names and <laughs> likes and hearts and lines <laughs> it yeah. just
0: has too much stuff and that i feel like no one beats tweetbot in that because tweetbot is literally just like the the avatar name handle and tweet oh and the um yeah that's it oh and uh how long was the tweet like when was it? no know the, the date or the 45 minutes ago for example so anyway um do you want to, like, do you have anything else on this? Because I feel like...
1: No, that's basically it. I think, good job. Like, <laughs> that was that was not a bad redesign. Um, and it was mostly a, like, realign kind of thing. And just for the sake of, I guess, trendiness. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's fine.
0: <laughs> I tried to use the official client once again. I, I feel like I do this experiment, like, twice a year. I tried using it as my default client. It, uh, I didn't last like two days uh, <laughs> and like one of the reasons before that I feel like I can't use this client because X was first it, it, it just looked bad and I didn't like how it looked uh, second um, the, the Safari view controller thing or the lack of it, uh, it, it I just felt crippled as a as an app and now that all that is away there are still two things left I feel like one is the sync of the timeline sync yep. between you know between platforms. So I consume... I feel like nowadays it's like almost 50-50. Uh, I consume Twitter on like 50% on my laptop or my computer and 50% on my phone. Um, so not having the, my timeline sync, it's just, a, it's just a no-go. Like I can't. Um, and I feel like that's because we are completionists, meaning we read every single tweet in our timeline. Um, yeah. And I feel like Twitter doesn't care about that, which leads me to number two. the The second reason why I can't switch right now is because <laughs> on the official client, I can't trust that I'm going to read every tweet, because like I feel like Twitter doesn't even consider that uh, use case. <laughs> so <laughs> like it even it's not like super like the the the, it's not chronological timeline like some stuff some replies are you know i I see a reply before whatever other tweets like they're not in order or sometimes i see replies from people that i don't follow but they're replying to someone that i follow that is so weird (laughs) felt icky um and this was like what tipped me over the edge was i was using the, the 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 client on my phone and i was you know i feel like maybe it was in the morning so i i've you know slept through a whole night of tweets that i missed and as usual like tweetbot has a little counter saying how many tweets you still have left unread, which is super handy uh of course the official client they don't show you that because who would want that um who would want to read all tweets uh <laughs> <laughs> so i was reading tweets like from where i left off and i was scrolling like upwards to read all the tweets and then you have the little thing like load more tweets because it was too many and it didn't load all of them and i press <laughs> that and guess what happens can you guess mm,
1: it just refreshed the whole thing And <laughs> you lost your place
0: close uh you loaded all the missing tweets but it didn't keep me at the position that i was on like it scrolled me all the way to the top uh damn and then I have to do this little game, which is scroll, 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 trying to figure <laughs> out where I left off. It's like, oh no, I've read this before. I didn't read this before, so scroll, scroll. It's like, anyway, I feel like Twitter completionists, they're not a, a user group that they care about. And I don't blame them. We're probably like, you know, there's four of us. Related, just like 10 minutes before we hit record, mm-hmm. um, the, the first beta of Twitterific for Mac uh, is out. And if you're uh if you're a backer on the Kickstarter thing?
1: Yeah, if you you're a backer.
0: Email. You've got mail. You're a backer? I'm not. Oh, wah. wah. Well, are you? Guess who has a sweet beta.
1: <laughs> I'm a happy Tweetbot user. <laughs> like Tweetbot is fine. <sighs> it works per like it was perfect for me. <laughs> I have zero complaints about it. <laughs>
0: I don't. I'm not a huge fan of how it looks. And here's the one thing that I miss from the Twitter client that I feel like Tweetbot is never gonna catch up. Well, first, you know, all the missing features like polls and live. Right, tweet but that's or whatever.
1: Twitter's fault.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's something that Tweetbot is not. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say never gonna get, but you know, at least it's gonna be behind. But there's this one thing that I feel like is very um, powerful from Twitter that Tweetbot. Misses, which is the moments or the live now or the trending stuff, like, be, like just yesterday we had this terrible fire here in Portugal. I knew about it from my mom. She 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 tested me like, hey, have you heard about this? And so, what's the first thing that I do? I open the official Twitter client and I go to the, the the search or explore tab, and there it was trending Portugal. And I click on it and I see the the stories. The what do you call it, the moments? And I was able to catch up on what was going on really quick. And that whole experience, maybe you can do it some way in TweetBot, but it's not there. And I feel like right. that's a very powerful Twitter thing that only Twitter has.
1: Yeah, that is that um, is pretty nice. For the most part, yeah. though, like most of the moments I've, I've just like ignored. And I, I even think now I have a... Um, a mute filter for them, like all the links <laughs> on the Twitter moments, because I can never see them. And I have to like jump through all the hoops to get to the, the Twitter app to be able we'll to even see mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, most of the times these are dead links to me and <laughs> I don't even see them. Uh, but yeah, for things like, like you described, like that is really nice, um, it doesn't work in my client and I'm assuming probably not going to work in twitter either, right?
0: Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. It's like, it's the API is not there. (laughs) Right. Probably. But hey, uh, Phoenix or Tutorific for Mac has the dopest icon, app icon ever. Oh, this is new. Did you, do you know the, uh, when you press uh, command shift uh, four to take a screenshot Mm -hmm. and then you press space to, you know, to target the window? Yep. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You can target the dock. I didn't know about that.
1: Oh, I didn't know about that either.
0: <laughs> That's mm-hmm. cool. I just found out. I <laughs> just discovered that.
1: <laughs> Hot tip.
0: I'll send you a screenshot. Look at that dope <laughs> icon.
1: Damn. Yeah, that is a nice icon.
0: Right? It's uh, maybe too flat, but. Yeah. Oh, it still looks very beta ish. <laughs> uh you have stuff uh, to say uh, right before we go like you want to brag about how you won a contest? <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I mean I just wanted to talk about it cuz I think it's interesting and I can talk about it uh which is cool. Uh so Ooh. yeah, I mentioned in the ad read um that we that just last week we had our hack days and my team won. Uh <laughs> just want to highlight that. Uh <laughs> but no, but really um So, the theme for this hack days was internal tools. Um, So, we could basically pick whatever we wanted and make any team with, like, anyone in the company that we wanted to build something. And so, (laughs) we uh, decided to basically create a Slack bot that helps us file our expense reports. Basically... I, I do like a fair bit of travel and like different events where I have to like pay for th- for things and I have to get reimbursed. And, and like our system for doing that is absolutely horrendous. It works through Workday. If people know what that is, uh, they will know how bad it is. Um, it's this like enterprise software that like manages HR stuff. But basically, anyways, it's a disaster. Um, so, what we did was we created this. We created this Slack bot uh, called Tally and basically Tally files your expenses for you. So all you do is you uh, open a conversation with the Slack bot. You take a picture of your receipt and it uses uh, image recognition and OCR to scan your receipt to look for your total, like how much you paid in taxes and stuff like that. And also even looks at uh, the name of like the business and tries to automatically categorize it based on, on your receipt. Uh, so the idea is that, um, you just take a picture and it automatically like understands everything and it files your expenses, your expense report without you having to type in anything. It's dope. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Um, we got pretty far on it. We haven't, uh, gotten like that categorization to work yet, but it is on our to do list. Um, uh, so, but we were able to like submit ex- expenses and stuff like that and use like the cool, like fancy Slack stuff, like the drop down stuff like that. Um, so that was awesome. Um, one, one of the things I wanted to talk about is how, um, Sarah and my team went around like designing the, the robot. So our robot called Tally and, and basically like we kind of created this, this robot and this personality. So it's super funny because Sarah was designing like kind of the icon and like the robot. I can share it in the show notes if you want to see what the robot looks like. Uh, And we have a sweet animation of it. It's like winking and stuff, but it's like this like very like cute, like playful robot. And as we're working on it, (laughs) uh, sometimes like we'd pitch uh, like ideas back and forth and then Sarah would say, Oh no, we can't do that. That's not on brand. Tally would never say that. <laughs> and then she would basically like re- like rewrite or like tweak how like Tally would say something. And it was just really cool to see like how how much attention like was put to uh, like the crafting a personality behind uh, this this bot and having more than just like a utilitarian thing that was like really had like different ways of, of saying and like types of gifts that it would use and like it's uh, it's replies. Um, and also like when we presented, we had, um, basically like featured tally like, <laughs> uh, prominently, but also one thing that we did was like kind of a technical limitation. We didn't want people to like hammer servers <laughs> while we were presenting. So what we did was, uh, it, like during the presentation you couldn't use tally to file expenses because that was reserved for us for the presentation so that the people didn't crash our, our, our app somehow but what we did was tally would would say oh uh you can't do that yet but please vote for me <laughs> and would post the the link to the the voting page so like tally really nice. wanted to win and we basically had mm. tally like go and post into different channels in slack and and like promote like itself basically with images and like Uh gifts and different things that's cool um and then we had like an image ready for like when the the winner was announced like that was ready to like congratulate the winner uh that ended up being us which was awesome so but it was just like super cool how we like in two days we kind of crafted this this whole like personality and like people have been like asking us for stickers and like people want like different emojis of like different like tally reactions for different things and it just became like a thing on its own and mm-hmm. that went like so yeah, so, so awesome. f- you should you should bootstrap yeah, that- yourself
0: and like make a company out of it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah actually I'm, I'm sure a lot of companies would would love to use something like that yeah because <laughs> like, filing expenses yeah. suck
0: should open source it boom
1: yeah maybe um so, yeah, it was super fun to work on that. And I had a really good time working on kind of like the designing stuff with Sarah. So, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm happy that I get to be able to use it. So, yeah, that's one of the great things about, about Hack Days. Uh, and now we've got like an amazing uh, belt <laughs> because we
0: won. I saw that uh, you tweeted that, like a wrestling WWE champion, right?
1: Yeah, uh, nice. I just branded like Hack Days champion stuff like that. Another funny thing about, like, our hack days that they did this time around is that they they always play songs uh, during the presentation, like, in between the, the, like, two different presentations, and this time around was that all the songs were custom for hack days, so it was popular songs, but that they kind of changed the lyrics to be about hack days. <laughs> so I had one that was, like... <laughs> Pack days back. All right. And was <laughs> like, Bastard bo- oh Boys and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Man, that, that's, that has to take a while, like a lot of effort to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not-
1: I, I'm so curious. I don't, Jesus. I don't know yet. I haven't found out, but like who did this? Yeah. <laughs> if it's a Shopify employee, then they're really good. Cause the, qu- the production value and like quality of the song were really good. Mm-hmm. Or Damn. if we hired someone, or like paid someone, to which do is this, also crazy. Like, <laughs> I would it's love to like crazy. see what it was like during that meeting. Like, so <laughs> yes, we want you to do these songs, but use these lyrics <laughs> that would make no sense to a normal person. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think so I cool. thought that was pretty funny.
0: There you go listeners. The type of thing that you can do if you uh, join Shopify. Yep, they're a sponsor. But that's not the reason why Kevin is saying this.
1: No, I I just thought it was a it was a cool project to work it's cool. on.
0: Cool. Yeah, I remember last 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 year or last uh Is it once a year? Uh, no, like last.
1: No, it's every 3 uh it's every 4 months. Sorry. Okay,
0: there you go. So, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. All right, uh so it's getting uh, late-ish. Uh we should we should wrap up. Guess what we have to do before we do? Wrap up.
1: Recommendations.
0: Play our theme song for recommendations that we don't have. Come on, guys. Uh, we <laughs> uh, If Shopify could hire someone to write this uh, these songs, you know, and inserting uh, hectares into the lyrics, <laughs> we can certainly have, like, one listener that can record a jingle. We, like, five seconds. It's all we need. Just so I can stop uh, singing my <laughs> impromptu. Uh, <laughs> I kind of
1: don't want people to do anything because I'm. (laughs) (laughs) I just like hearing you sing, so.
0: Step a recommendation. Yeah, like maybe
1: what we should do is do the opposite. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What do you mean? What is the opposite?
1: Like Rafa's never gonna sing anything unless you give us a theme song.
0: Oh, (laughs) reverse psychology. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, exactly. gotcha, gotcha. Hey, do you have a recommendation?
1: I do. Um, so right. this one is a bit uh, self serving, but whatever. <laughs> this is my this is our show, right? We get we get yeah. to do whatever we want. You can.
0: Uh... <laughs> oh, all
1: right. So I will recommend um, a conference. Uh, and so this conference
0: oh, What about this conference?
1: It's called Mob X. And if you've been a long time listener of the show, you might remember this conference. Because, uh, mm-hmm. Rafa, you spoke at it last year, right?
0: Yes, yes, I did. Well, let me tell you, uh, it was one of my favorite conferences ever. It was amazing. I don't know if you like, I recorded a vlog uh, from that day. Like, I don't know if it's going to be in the same venue. I actually haven't checked, but. Um, last year when i was there as a speaker they had this huge like old uh, movie theater that they repurposed for the conference it was like super fancy and cool and the biggest screen like projector for my slides ever <laughs> um and it was like very professional and very 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 cool also it's in berlin right which uh, is it was my first time in berlin it was lovely
1: yep so this year I will be speaking at that very same <laughs> conference and I'm super excited about it. There's a bunch of like really cool speakers that are also there <laughs> and I'm kind of like the one per, one odd person out uh, in that list, but i um, very excited to like get to meet these people uh, and it sounds like an amazing conference. The organizer is just the absolute best. Mm-hmm. He's like so cool and so chill um, and yeah, it should be an awesome event. So. If you want to come and go to this conference, I would love to like meet up with a listener if if you happen to to go there. Uh, I think it'd be cool. We can have a beer, and I will certainly high five you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, check it out. I think it's uh, it's really well worth it, and it's in Berlin, uh, which is absolutely awesome. So uh yeah don't miss
0: it links in the show notes do you know yep. the date? Uh, and
1: it's on s- is- yeah september 8th and that that's the main conference and then there's workshops on the day before uh which is the 7th so, yeah, nice. there's still some time to get some tickets
0: maybe maybe i will <laughs> <laughs> check it out on the page they have the huge my omg slide
1: oh yeah yeah you were lying
0: <laughs> <laughs> that the slides were look weird. at the size of that screen dude it's huge <laughs> Okay, uh, I have th- three reco- <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I have uh, three recommendations, uh, but I'm gonna go quick. Uh, a movie, a game, and a, a g- gadget, I guess. So, a uh, movie. I watched uh, Logan. Uh, you know Logan, the you know Wolverine, Marvel, X Men. Yeah, how was that? Logan was really, really, really good. One of my favorite Marvel movies now. It's an R-rated movie. It's very violent, and it's overall it's a very, very, very good movie. Uh, you should watch it just because it is a very good movie. But it's so deep, and it's so like it's such a perfect ending. Well, I hope those are not spoilers. Is uh, no, it's because it's the last uh, Hugh Jackman uh, Wolverine movie.
1: Um, right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so you said that, you can uh, kind of guess what the end is. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in the end he takes a bus to Canada and to return again. Um, <laughs>
1: he goes to live on a farm, okay?
0: Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is probably the 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 combo of actor, uh character, uh or superhero character that has been on for the longest time, right? Like yeah. when did the first X Men movie came out? Like I was still super young. Like I was in high school, I thought. like for me, like my whole life like hugh jackman is wolverine right
1: right <laughs> yeah yeah you same
0: can't same. say the same for other like i've lived through what like four or five batmans or <laughs> like i feel like we're now in the fourth uh spider-man so like this was yeah. the perfect final chapter of
1: so real-time wolverine. follow-up uh the first x-men was in year 2000
0: wow 17, 17 years, years ago
1: Christ. that's crazy right yeah
0: yeah. that was a long time ago i mean kudos to hugh jackman to keep playing that character and like yeah you can tell that it was not just for the money like he really loved that character he was wolverine <laughs> in a lot of ways. so anyway it's a great movie if you like um i guess if you're not into like the marvel universe or well, it's not the MCU, but it's like X-Men. If you don't care for the character, maybe it's not going to be that awesome, but it's still a great movie nonetheless. And so watch it. All right, uh, next, a uh, game. I just bought the uh, Tekken 7. Do you know Tekken? I've heard that
1: before, but...
0: It's a very popular fighting game. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Right, so kind
1: of, um, right. Just, right. just on, like arcades, but but uh, I think I may have played a long time ago on like Nintendo 64 or something like that.
0: <laughs> not on a nintendo oh okay. it's a playstation or arcade. Oh, exclusive, okay i think anyway uh i bought it today i've been playing it for a little while it, it
1: looks very like mortal kombat style
0: yeah they're like they're you know they're competitors since forever oh, okay but i feel like mortal kombat well tekken is more like steady uh, you know safe like you can count on always being good. Mortal Kombat is like, well, this year is not a great. Oh, sorry, <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, it's it's like the best second so far. It's very like perfected the gameplay. So it's uh, it's second. If you like fighting games, uh, I recommend this one. Um, and lastly, and I just want to say this because it's a very very timely thing in my life. Um, we've been going through like we've been having like a heat wave, and. <laughs> It's so warm in this office right now. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, so I'm recommending my Dyson fan is the bladeless Dyson fans that everyone has. Buy it. They're way more expensive than a regular fan, but it's, it's going to be like one of the best designed pieces of technology or furniture in your house. I love mine. And it's been my best friend this past week. And because I'm recording a podcast and microphones don't like fan noises, And that much. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have it in my office right now. But because of that, I am sweating profoundly. (laughs) So all of your listeners can get that picture in your head now.
1: Do you have this? Do you have the circle one or the pill-shaped one?
0: I have the pill-shaped one. So the big one. Mm. Um, Mine doesn't have. So you can buy one that has like you know uh, cool or or you know warm heat. Um, Like is that? I don't know if that's how you call it. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, It's a fan and also it's like a heater in the in the winter. So mine is just a fan. So it doesn't have the fancy heater thing. Uh, so it's useless on, on the winter. Uh, <laughs> but like I mentioned, it looks pretty neat uh, <laughs> in your home. So at least it has that going for it. So yeah, that was a random recommendation. Randomization, dude, sorry. <laughs> okay. Random- <laughs> Okay, uh, that's it for the show. We have to wrap this up. Thanks so much uh, to Shopify for sponsoring Layout. As always, they're they're awesome. Um, and they do uh, fun stuff like Hack Days. Also, if you want to follow us on the Twitter, we are at LayoutFM on Twitter. Kevin is VernalKick on Twitter. I am Rafa Hari. I'm not going to spell that. Um, and we have a website. So if you want to subscribe or send us an email or check older episodes and check the show, no- the show notes, you can do all that and... Layout.fm on the internet, and uh, you can follow the conversation. We are like uh, on Spectrum. If you don't, do not know what Spectrum is, uh, it's this awesome place to build and have and hang out with communities. I don't know if that's a pitch. Um, so Spectrum chat, we're there. If you want to talk to us, that's a good place. And um, lastly, am I forgetting anything? Spec Spec FM. They're our family. Their podcast family. Yeah, we love.
1: We're a happy podcast family.
0: (laughs) A very happy podcast family. I love them. I miss uh, all the of my spec friends, by the way. Okay, uh, (laughs) that's it for this week, dude. See you next week.
1: Cool. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: So last week. You recommended this movie called Cure for Wellness. And you said that it was a very weird movie. looked great. Um, It was your recommendation. And um, I said that I was probably going to watch it. And maybe we could talk about it. Guess what? Mm -hmm. I watched it. Let's talk about it.
1: (laughs) And now we're talking about it. (laughs) We are. um, Keeping our promises. So, what did you think of this movie? Any opening statements?
0: Opening statements. If you watch the trailer before watching the movie, you know that it's weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> and from the trailer, and from Kevin's remarks, and from some very quick, you know, looking at reviews online and stuff, uh, I one thing that I could not grasp and figure out was what kind of movie is it really? Because some people say it's like a horror you know, creepy movies. Some of like, it's like a thriller, like mystery. Some of like, I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint. I could, I couldn't really tell what kind of movie this is. Yeah. And after watching the movie, I still don't. I have (laughs) no idea what happened. I love that. Um, I like, I like the, this weird, you know, I like weird movies. It's just Um,
1: its own thing. Like it's its own universe and its own world.
0: That is fair. That is fair. And that is a positive thing in right book. so you know uh, what what's that app called letter letterboxd you uh-huh. know that you use that yep I feel like you do well, of um, so I rated this actually I don't know so I want to check I don't want to lie on the podcast I, <laughs> do that. I rated this movie three and a half stars <laughs> all right um, okay so I really like horror movies. I really like creepy and weird movies. And this movie was that for two-thirds. So the last third of the movie completely ruined it for me.
1: Yeah, it um, went, goes off the rails. <laughs> I agree.
0: Yes. And it's like, in the beginning, all of that mystery and all that weird like world-building and character-building that they were doing... And like everything was a mystery, and you were trying to figure out. But then, like there was this turning point that I can't really like remember exactly when it was. But like around the 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 last third of the movie, yeah. like
1: I feel like when they go in the cave thing, like
0: <laughs> it's like any kind of mystery or stuff that that I was like very intrigued by, uh, it ceased to exist. I like I was like, <laughs> all right, I get it, I get what's going on.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I get who the bad guy is. Like I got it. And even all of the weird, like, uh, the weird sets and the very peculiar shots and the very awesome framing and, like, every, every, if you pause this movie at any point, it's, like, beautiful. Even that was lost in the end. Like, in the end, the whole fighting scene with the bad guy, the the Voldemort guy, like, the whole (laughs) thing, even the, the soundtrack, it was, like, a very, like... Uh, like cheesy crescendo to the climax, and like kind of like Harry Potterish, um, like the way the bad guy dies—it's like it's so cliche and, <laughs> and just lame, which is the yeah. total opposite of the rest of the movie. It's like he it goes against all the cliches and it goes against all the, you know, you know, things that you would expect, and is very, he has very um, like, gory scenes, like. Mm-hmm. There were some scenes that were, I I cringe like oh shit like I <laughs> this is this is heavy, <laughs> um, pff, like the 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 cow scene, <laughs> with the, the the I don't know anyway, like I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it was like an indie independent movie, I guess, like a you know lower budget movie. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I, I would watch it again. But I feel like it could have been so much better. It could have been like a a small masterpiece like that it would remember (laughs) and recommend to people. Uh, But because of that ending, like I can't do that. Like it was, Yeah.
1: Right, like, but but overall, I still I'm recommended it I, because I think wasn't. it tried a lot of interesting things. And, and like, mm-hmm. I I kind of mentioned, like, in my recommendation that, I, like, I didn't think this was a perfect movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. the end, like, certainly isn't <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for many reasons, like, that you mentioned. Um, I, like, I'm very curious to see, to hear, like, what happened there has to be some sort of interesting story there, because I feel like the kind of person who makes the first part of this movie is someone who would hate the second part. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what happened there, um, but it it was so good up to up to that point. Like it was so promising. Um, I agree. Uh, like ultimately, I think it's still. So, like, delivered, like, a few things. Um, so, did you get, like, the parallels they were making with, uh, like, consumption and basically, like, um, uh, like consumerism, basically, throughout
0: the movie? Yeah, I can say. I didn't think of it whilst watching, but I can see that now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's,
1: like, it's, it's the poison and the cure at the same time. And we, like, were... we're willingly playing that game
0: because mm. like, there is no cure
1: <laughs> right but that was like the 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 scene where where he's in that like cylinder and like i don't know like they're mm-hmm. basically like creating the cure out of like people's whatever um and, and like that's where it really clicked for me uh, and i think it's it's around that point where the movie goes to shit <laughs> um but um yeah i i don't know i thought that was interesting like it was, it was like this big like whole entire weird setup uh, and had this like really interesting message like kind of hidden in there uh and then it feels like after that like <laughs> they were almost like done with the actual movie and it was just like oh whatever like just finish it however you want <laughs> um <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the first things that I was like like it was a bit off putting to me. It was like basically from the first moment that um like after the car crash when he wakes up in the hospital bed and it was so obvious that they were like pushing you to well, it was so obvious that they were saying, you know, everyone is drinking the water. Hey, the water, and yeah. like the first scene that he drinks a sip from that water, he sees a little eel thing, right? And because I've seen the trailers, like I was expecting like these eels and the snakes and shit, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, they're in the water. And then like from the first moment that he drinks water, like couldn't you save that reveal? For right. Later? Yeah. Um, And then the whole movie was like so obvious that it was in the water, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was like, you could say, I don't like when movies uh, treat the viewer as dumb, right? Mm -hmm. I know that is a weird balance because you have to be really careful to try to strike a balance between let the audience get there by themselves because that way they will feel smart they will feel like this dopamine thing like i get it right uh, but you have to also strike a balance between you have to make sure that the audience gets it right <laughs> because otherwise yeah. they're going to you know they're, they're going to leave the movies <laughs> yeah. be like, what the hell happened they didn't get it so it's it's tricky because uh, you know hopefully you're trying to 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 achieve like to, to connect to a broad range of people right um, mm-hmm. so it's hard but i hate when movies are like so like on my face and see that and maybe he's the bad <laughs> like yeah <laughs> you know like come on let me get there by myself like i don't need this um, yeah yeah totally so i don't want to like beat this movie down like i i enjoyed it <laughs> i feel like it's it-, it was beautiful beautifully shot like if you enjoy the like wes anderson type of you know interesting cinematic yeah. shots and, and like framing and this movie was perfect especially in the beginning like the whole even like the train coming out of the, the oh tunnel. yeah
1: like from the ve- yeah the very first shot like right so many things like even like the shot with um like the the like fence with the snakes and everything and you see the car yeah. like going through like uh, yeah like so many like and the amazing little shots.
0: seal the seal on a letter right in the beginning with the, again with the heels
1: Yeah. Also, I just for some reason I love the shots of the the pool with like all the mm. people in it. Like it's just <laughs> such a Yeah, with the with the little, awesome, little balls with the balloons and stuff. Or not balloons, but right. like the big giant like yoga balls. Yeah, like the, the beach balls. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that shot just like looks absolutely awesome to me. <laughs> um, and for some reason like when I saw this movie I was like was this adapted from a book? Because usually, when you see like movies that have s- such a well-developed, like aesthetic, kind of world building, like usually tend mm-hmm. to be based on a novel. Uh, but this wasn't. Like this was just yeah. This is a movie. I didn't even the know that. the main thing.
0: Cool. Okay, so before I wrap this up, because um, I'm I'm melting here in this office, um, <laughs> I just have one thing that like this plot point that i kind of missed or i think i missed i don't get how the bad guy the baron how is he alive and how is the daughter i don't remember her name how is she still like so young because this whole thing was like 200 years ago Uh, oh is it because they
1: yeah i do not understand anything (laughs) I think the 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 what the movie wants you to believe is that they've been drinking the the cure. Right, that
0: the distilled thing. Oh, and okay, this was like very rubber ducking, but I just find out I just realized that the, the Baron says at some point that eels normally live around twelve years and here in this place with this water there live like two hundred. Yeah. yeah
1: and basically like the actually he
0: says 200 and that's exactly the length of from from last fire
1: so yeah like the the girl like never goes into the water so she Hmm. takes the cure but like if you don't go to the water you're not kind of impacted by the whatever problem is in the water um so i think that's what makes you live longer
0: all right well it was an interesting movie
1: You know what I mean? Like basically like for all the people that are there, like drinking the water and then getting the cure kind of like evens itself out out to like, I don't know, and maybe it's even like off balance. So like you get progressively worse. Um, but if you only get the cure and don't drink water, then I think the assumption is that you do get better and live forever. But yeah, I agree. This whole part was like kind of very hand wavy.
0: It was an interesting movie. Thanks for uh, recommending it. And I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm glad I like it. It has its flaws, but it was an entertaining movie. I'm glad. Yeah,
1: I like it. it's well, it's the kind of movie that I, uh, I'm like, I'm glad that I watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like an interesting movie, and then it's also fun to kind of like debate and discuss it. Because a lot of movies yeah. like that's Agreed. suck. Like they're just not even worth discussing. <laughs> Uh, but this is a movie that's, I think, worth discussing. So.
0: And that's just what we did.